0: A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, What are we to do, my brothers? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is made to you and to your children and to all those far off, whomever the Lord our God will call. He testified with many other arguments and was exhorting them save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 persons were added that day. The Word of the Lord.
1: I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose beside restful waters he leads me he refreshes my soul He guides me in right paths, for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side, with your rod and your staff, that give me courage. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord more.
0: reading from the first letter of St. Peter. Beloved, if you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin and no deceit, was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross, so that, free from sin, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you had gone astray like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I am the good shepherd says the Lord. I know my sheep, and mine know me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia.
2: Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before all who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to destroy, to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they may, may have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today the church celebrates the fourth Sunday of Easter, and it's also called Good Shepherd Sunday because you hear the theme of the Good Shepherd in our readings and in the Psalms. And the church is also deemed today as the World Day of Prayer for vocations, the World Day of Prayer for vocations, specifically priestly vocations. Christ is the Good Shepherd, and the church is his flock, and he continues to shepherd his flock in a particular way through his priests. After Christ ascended into heaven, he left the church in the care of the apostles and those who would succeed the apostles. And so the priests and the bishops of our church, they're called to feed, to heal, protect, And guide the faithful to Christ who calls himself the gate for the sheep. He says that in today's gospel. He is the gate for the sheep. So priests are very important in the life of the church. And so I thought that today for the homily I would share my my own testimony of how I decided to participate in the ministry of priesthood and and how this theme of the Good Shepherd has played out in my own life. So I've been very fortunate In my life to have exemplary models of Catholicism from a young age my my parents they worked really hard to ensure that I and my siblings we had good and healthy experiences of the faith so we prayed together every day I remember growing up uh, when I was five or six we started praying a decade of the rosary uh, together every day and then shortly after that it was two decades and then three decades and before you know it we were praying a full rosary together every day And we frequently participated in the sacraments of the Eucharist and confession. We'd go, as a family at least once a month, to, uh, we'd go to confession. And my parents were very keen to show hospitality to priests and seminarians. And it's still true to this day. I feel like the the front door at my parents' house, it's a revolving door with all sorts of different visitors and and lots of priests and and seminarians. And so I had all these good role models and, and good experiences and good healthy relationships From an early age. And this variety of healthy relationships and experiences led me to appreciate and love the gift of Catholicism, the gift of faith that was passed down to me. And it was in this environment that fostered a desire to pursue the priesthood. And I remember the first time that I considered the priesthood. So I was pretty young, I was quite young. On a whim, my father took me to an ordination here at St. Peter's in the early summer of 2004. And seeing all the priests and all the the, and the bishop gathered together, it left a mark on me, and I remember just being really struck with awe at how cool this was. All the priests were together, and I remember thinking, maybe I could be like them one day. And so just a little kid when I first had that thought. And as I grew, I realized that this gift of faith my parents had given me, it required that I take personal ownership and responsibility. So it started in my teenage years after I attended a Steubenville Youth Conference, and if you're not familiar with that, we actually have high schoolers uh, going this summer, but it's it's a revival kind of weekend for, for high schoolers where there's there's great talks, good music, and a powerful exp- They try to provide and foster a powerful experience of Jesus in the Eucharist and His merciful love poured out in the sacrament of, of confession. And so I went to one of these the summer before my freshman year of high school, and here I had a powerful encounter with Christ in the Eucharist. Now, I hadn't really doubted that that our Lord was present in the Eucharist, but this created a hunger in me for Jesus in the Eucharist. I was convicted. I really and truly believed that what appears as unleavened bread on the altar and what appears as unleavened bread in, in the monstrance, in adoration, that that truly is Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity. That's truly Jesus. And so I experienced this hunger that I hadn't experienced so intensely before. And after this experience, I was convicted that I needed to personally invest in my relationship with Jesus. So, And this is true for everyone, and it's it's not a bad thing. But when you're young, you, you participate in the faith. Why? Because your parents bring you to church, or maybe your grandparents bring you. And so that's the mechanism by which you participate in the faith. But after that, I realized, I'm, you know, I need to personally invest in my relationship with Jesus. So I began to read more books on Christianity, especially works by C.S. Lewis, and I would spend more time in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament, especially at the Adoration Chapel in Escanaba. And this attraction that I had experienced to the priesthood several years earlier, it, uh, it was there and it, it didn't go away, and it grew. And later on as I, as I went through high school, I attended a, a retreat called Youth Encounter Christ and another retreat that was very important in my life. When you're in high school, any high schoolers out there, go on retreats, it's just a very formative time of your life. It's really important that you have these experiences, but I went to Youth Encounter Christ and on this weekend, I had this powerful experience of the sacrament of confession. And it felt like a weight had just been lifted off of my shoulders and I encountered the healing mercy of the Lord like never before. And that gave me a circle of friends, lots of people with whom I'm still in contact today, lots of friends that I, that I still have this, this deep relationship with. And we would talk about what's going on, what was going on in our lives in our relationship with Jesus. We'd talk about our faith. And then I would come back to these weekends and I would share the faith with others. And I would talk about my own relationship with Jesus. And I remember thinking, I love talking about Jesus. I wonder if there's a job where I could do that. For, I wonder if there's a way I could do that for a living. And as I neared the end of my high school years, I had to make a decision. Would I enter seminary and choose the priesthood, pursue the priesthood, or not? If I entered seminary, would I go right away or would I go to school first and delay my entry? So I had, I had to decide. I had to choose. And marriage also seemed like a beautiful option as well. And so there, there was that attraction, there's a priesthood, and I was just really conflicted. And there were quite a few months where I was stressed out about having to make a choice. There were lots of sleepless nights. And it was through conversations and discussions with several priests that I was able to figure out a plan. They helped me discern the proper steps for figuring out what I should do. And so I decided ultimately that I would, I would punt. And so I, I went to Bay College in Escanaba for a few semesters with the intentions of joining seminary, but that gave me more room to discern. And then I entered seminary in January of 2015. And then while I, while I endured some periods of severe testing and difficulty in discernment, There were some tough times in seminary. I loved my time there, and I'm thankful that the church accepted me for ordination. I absolutely love my priesthood. I love being a priest. And it's not always sunshine and roses, but I've had no regrets at all in receiving this wonderful gift from the Lord. It's the best decision I've ever made. And looking back, it's hard to say what I would be doing or what my relationship with our Lord would look like without these different experiences and without these different relationships. And all of these things that have led me closer to Jesus and all of these things that, that and these relationships and experiences that help foster and grow this desire within me and help me discern what this desire in my heart was, it was all because of priests who strove to imitate Christ the Good Shepherd. It was because of a priest that I was able to encounter Jesus in the Eucharist. If you don't have priests, you don't have the Eucharist. It was through the words of a priest that I encountered the healing love of Jesus in the sacrament of confession. I was talking to priests that helped me me heal from broken relationships. It was because of the guidance of a priest that I was given help for discerning where the Lord was leading me. And so I don't know where I would be without Jesus speaking to me and shepherding me through his priests. Christ is the good shepherd and he gives certain men the privileged gift and task of imitating him as the good shepherd. And we're, now we're all called to imitate Christ as the good shepherd but priests have a, a special task that's different not just in degree but different in kind as well. The priest acts in the person in the place of Christ the good shepherd. And so this is why when a priest fails to live up to the standard to which he's called, it can cause great harm. And you've all seen that. Maybe you've experienced it. It can cause a lot of harm. But this is also why the actions and the words of a priest can be so powerful. The priest has great power in bringing a healing and soothing word to someone, or even just a a, a presence. Just being there can help people. And that's one of the things I've, I've loved so much, In ministering to people when I'm when somebody comes to talk to me it's it mostly it's it's not because of me and my personality or my gifts or talents it's not that those aren't important but people they they come to confession to me because of the gift of my priesthood when people call and they want someone to sit with them as their as their loved one is dying or they want they want me to bring the sacrament of anointing of the sick it's not because of who I am it's because of the gift that I have received When people, when someone's going through a crisis and they want to hash things out or talk to someone, it's not because of me, it's because of the priesthood, Christ's priesthood, the priesthood of the good shepherd in which I participate. Now, for me, that's that's a terrifying thing, but it's also beautiful. A priest, again, if he doesn't live up to that standard, he can cause great harm, but he can do so much good. But the church has been experiencing A crisis of priestly vocations. So, in different parts of the world, like in Africa or in India, they have more vocations, more priestly vocations now. But especially in the United States and in in Europe, different other parts of the world, we're going through a crisis of priestly vocations. A crisis of men who are who are stepping forward to imitate the Good Shepherd in this vocation. We are in desperate need of priests. We need men who are willing to take up the task to model their lives after Christ the Good Shepherd, men who are willing to be agents of healing. We need men who will feed the faithful with the Eucharist, men who are willing to guide the faithful to the gate which is Christ. We need men who are willing to protect the church from the many wolves in society that threaten to devour her. And so today I encourage all of you to pray, 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 pray for an increase in priestly vocations. Fast for priestly vocations. Encourage your sons, your grandsons, to at least consider the priesthood. If they show interest, foster it. Encourage young men to consider the priesthood. Now, don't be pushy or forceful. I I think sometimes, sometimes uh, young men, if they're if they're involved in their faith, people think, oh, they have to be a priest. That's not necessarily true. Don't be pushy. Don't be forceful, and be discerning about who you encourage. But nevertheless we should strive to create a culture where the priesthood is a viable and normal option for young men. And that's a gift my family gave me because growing up, the priesthood was never this, this weird thing, you know, it, it can seem like a mystery to some people, but I always thought this is a normal, this is a very viable option for me. And so we should try to create that kind of culture within our church. And men, if there's any, any, any young men, any boys, single men. If the thought or desire of priesthood has ever crossed your mind, you owe it to yourself to investigate these interior movements. And if you pursue it, the Lord will bless that. He will reward that, whether you're called to priesthood or whether you're not. But have the courage to look into it, to take that step forward. We need more priests. We need priests modeled after Christ the Good Shepherd. We need men to step forward who are willing to heal, to nourish, protect, and lead others to Jesus.